Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks, Brian, and welcome to the ContenderCast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening in. We are in Chicago this week, and um, as most of you know from previous podcast episodes, I started my career in the consumer goods industry and have uh, maintained that involvement with consumer products and retail. And today, I am really excited because one of my great friends in the industry, Steve Sigrist, is with us. And um, we're going to talk consumer products. We're going to talk leadership principles and some of the challenges he's faced and and working through his career and on, and also some of his, I'd say, leadership best practices um, in leading people. So, Steve, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Justin. Fun stuff. Glad to be here. All right. So, Steve, how about you know get us grounded in how you got to where you are in your career with Newell Brands? It's a uh, long and uh, uninteresting story. Story, but uh, <laughs> that's not true at all. <laughs> no, I, I grew up in the consumer goods space, graduated from uh, college in late December, uh, December 1987, went to work for Black & Decker. Really uh, just a great time, a great training, great instruction, a, a company that was very committed to, we want to make you effective and successful. And, uh, you know, just took my lumps and grabbed a few things along the way and surrounded myself with some folks that helped me out along the way. And was just, uh, you know, little by little, kind of moved up through the sales ranks and ended up in a corporate marketing gig. And from there, moved to Fortune Brands, which uh, moved me back to Texas, where I'm originally from. And then uh, did that for a few years. Uh, built, actually opened the marketplace in Mexico. It was a fun time. Wow. And then uh, I tell people I bought low and sold low as I got into the technology space for about five years. <laughs> okay. What does that mean? You bought <laughs> that, low that and means, sold low. That means I got in, and not to get too boring here, but in 1996, the Telecom Act expanded the opportunity for companies to compete against Small Bell and the others. And uh, just following the news in the industry saying, can, I, hey, I could succeed in that. That's technology. In that I, industry? I, I, yeah. That I just thought it's going to be exciting. It's going to grow. It's going to develop. The internet was emerging. And I, I took five years and uh, did some stuff in mobile data, did some stuff uh, where I was a principal of an internet uh, web development company that did a little bit, did a little bit of integration work with uh, multifamily housing. Wow. And uh, I had no idea. Yeah. And wow. so it was, it was a five-year run when uh, I had kids and uh, we, we didn't know where the next paycheck was coming from. And but times were good, and uh, you know you learned a lot from that. And then back in 2001, some friends uh, from Black and Decker introduced me back into consumer goods with Newell Brands, and been here ever since. Got it. Wow. So interesting uh, ride. And I think the the takeaway from that for me is that you know <laughs> a career is not like a straight line path, right? I mean, and and just because you might be one place in your career at the end doesn't mean you've made a lot of twists and turns and stops and starts and made a lot of interesting moves along the way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my career at Newell has been, you know, anything from, uh, you know, creating a, a startup sales organization where we had multiple organizations. We combined, ultimately combined those down to one global sales organization and part of that effort and then uh, led a transformation team where I was responsible for our excess and obsolete inventory wow. and, uh, you know, got me really connected with supply chain and uh, understanding of why cash flow was critical to the company. And then from there, I 
door opened up to do something in customer service, which I remind my colleagues, I've, I've been a customer of customer service my entire career. And so I really knew the gig. And so I was able to hit the ground running and had a great time doing that. So today I, I lead a team of about 170 people that uh, I remind the organization all the time, we need to have swagger. We're on the, we're on the, and I, I <laughs> swagger. Use I, I like I, it. I use the word swagger all the time, Justin, because we're on the front line of the company's revenue. We're on the front line of our connection with the customers. And then when something goes wrong, we're on the front line of hearing about that. So we've got a good viewpoint. Wow, that's interesting. So um, so not everyone knows Newell Brands and some of the products that uh, your company sells. Do you want to share that quickly? And yeah, then we'll dive sure. into some of yeah, your leadership I'd, I'd lessons. would bet you dollars to donuts. Most everyone has a, a Newell product in their home right now or in their in their uh, place of business. So everything from Rubbermaid, uh, any of the uh, household storage items or trash cans or Rubbermaid commercial, which is commercial cleaning, industrial mops. You can't go to a hotel without seeing Rubbermaid. Absolutely. We make Sharpie pins, Papermate pins, Graco strollers, high chairs, booster seats. Um, it, the it list goes, goes on. on. It really goes on and on. Now, it, it, we doubled the size of our company in the past 12 months. We make Coleman. Uh, Coleman is one of oh, our wow. brands. Mr. Coffee, Sunbeam, Oyster, Yankee Candle. It goes, it's quite a bit. Quite Sounds a, like you're pretty familiar with those yeah. brands. <laughs> with them pretty regularly. Yeah. And Steve and I, just so our audience knows, Steve and I actually serve on a consumer goods advisory board together. And we've been doing that for a number of years. And we've had a lot of fun with that. And we're both passionate about the industry. Um, all right. So, so Steve, you're in this role. You've got 170 plus people working for you. And you know, we were talking earlier today about some of the challenges that come along with that from a leadership perspective and what works and what things don't work. And so I want to hand that back to you in terms of just talking through some of those uh, lessons learned. What works is, uh, I, I don't know if it's terribly unique to me or to any others, but it's, it's authenticity. And it's just to uh, show up every day with being, you know, who you are, you know, who your character really is, what your work ethic is, is all about. And then hopefully in, in the right environment that spreads to others that people see some qualities in there that they want to emulate. And they say, you know what? I, I like that. I buy into that. I'm going to take that and run with it. And hopefully if, if I'm on track or my other leaders are on track, it moves the organization in the right way. So how have you seen that play out, you know, in your career as you, you've brought your quote unquote authentic self? And it's easy to say that, but, you know, how do you do that? And then how have you seen that? play out in the organization. Yeah, you know, I would just say, look, I'm grounded in my faith. I'm going to be grounded in my work ethic. I'm going to be grounded in wanting to take care of my family and my kids. And then I also, I remind my employees. I mean, and I, I, oh, I'll take that back. Not my employees. <laughs> I, I'll remind my team yep. that no one here is a volunteer. Nobody is here to do something because they love to do it. We're all here because we love someone else. We have dreams. We have ambitions. We have things that we want to accomplish. And so when we can, when it even sounds like I'm trying to exploit something, but when you tap into that, then we really get the best out of people. And I get the best out of myself. And you want to be gratified. You want to have significance for what you do. So when there's a higher purpose for what your work is, then you find that you tend to like, I'm going to sharpen the saw. I'm going to get better at it. I'm going to figure out how to serve the customer better. And good things tend to fall in place. And so how did you learn this? I mean, or how did you come to this place where you can sit here uh, with me in Chicago and say that's what, you know, is, has been a principle for you? Is this something that you 
you know, throughout your career, you were surrounded by people that were operating this way, or you just learned it over time, or you maybe had a mentor. Like, what does that look like well, for I, you? I should say, I, uh, in, in all honesty, I fall and I stumble every single day too, right? <laughs> right. That we all do. So, we all do. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of people that deserve hugs, high fives, uh, that, you know, I'm fortunate to have known in my career and my, you know, family and just friends and professional acquaintances like yourself, others that say, what's the opportunity for you? And, you know, you, you, you look at others that have modeled, hey, what I want to strive to be. And then you just kind of follow that. So I, I'm motivated by success. I'm motivated by progress. And when I see other people that I think, hey, they look like uh, they're accomplishing what they want to accomplish and they look happy about doing it. Those are the qualities that, uh, you know, I aspire to uh, follow. Got it. So we got authenticity for our, uh, let's just call that our first point. And before that, though, I want to go back to this earlier thing you mentioned, this thing called Swagger. So, tell me about that and how that plays out in the organization. Well, I agree. You know, you need you need to be humble in, in all that you do, but you also should take pride in your work. And you ought to figure out uh, just as you know, just like any sports uh, star that we might you know look up to. It, they know they're confident. They, you know, and, and sometimes that confidence shows up with them beating their chest. A lot of times it, it, that confidence shows up with them scoring three touchdowns sure. or knocking down, you know, 40 points in a game or something like that. But there's, there's an element of swagger to them and confidence that says, I can exceed at what I've been hired to do. And when you can pull that off, you become very valuable to your employer. You become very valuable to your team and you become very valuable you know, to uh, just many other people around you that you may not even know that they saw something in that. And that that swagger is something that I, I think you should wear a little bit outwardly uh, because, uh, you, you know, it should be somewhat of a badge of sure. honor. Sure. You're proud of accomplishments and proud of like what you've set up and whatnot. And and also feel, you know, when you feel good about your, your day job or feel good about what you bring to the market, it gives you that confidence. And I guess that's another way of thinking about swagger. Right. All right. So um, you work in a global organization. In fact, I know for a fact that uh, I, you know, I live in Atlanta and you're in Texas. And in fact, there are offices of yours in both and other places. So, you know, how do you manage across geographies and time zones and with, with leaders in different places and whatnot? What have you found to be kind of keys to success in that space? I just give ongoing emphasis to being connected to the business and trying to strike the right balance between, you know, work life and family life and and uh, be creative there. But, you know, I, I take it upon myself that, like, I've been entrusted to do some things that, you know, it's, it, I, I'm going to maybe need to be connected more than if I just had a job where I was punching in and punching out. And so I, I am probably I swallowed that pill a long time ago, Justin. Sure. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I don't mind it. If, if I'm getting energy from my work, if I'm serving my customer better, then I don't, it, to me, it, it's just natural. It becomes part of my DNA and who I serve, you know, and, and, and how I try to operate. But at the same time, yeah, there's times I like to uh, relax, to check out <laughs> sure. occasionally. And then, you know, just look, this is not all on me. You've got right. to build talented people around you who can take the reins too. So you give enormous emphasis to making sure that, you know, our leaders at multiple sites, that they're 
they're getting the best out of their team, that they're personally gratified at what they're doing and that they're empowered to make decisions on their own. So I don't have to be on every side of nook and cranny and micromanage. Sure. So let's shift a little bit to the industry. So you and I have been involved in the consumer products industry now for a number of years and different capacities. And, you know, we're at an event where, you know, just today, in fact, we spent the entire day with every, you know, leaders from Nestle and Procter and Gamble and Unilever and Kimberly Clark and, and obviously Newell and PepsiCo and Estee Lauder and the, the list goes on, right? And I, it's interesting. Um, I, you know, I think we found commonality in people and and, and um, interests across the industry. So, what have you seen as far as you know? Why have you stayed involved with the industry? And then what is you know what has made it? a place that you've wanted to step up and take on different leadership roles. I, uh, in full transparency, I, I operate from a sense of fear. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to miss something big. Right. So by not I, being I, there, so right? I, I, I make a commitment to learning my, my biggest, uh, you know, uh, concern would be, that there is a key development taking place in the industry. There's a key development in my field. There's a you know major customer shift or transition taking place. And if I'm not in tune to that, or if I'm late to understanding that, then I'm going to miss something. And that's going to personally impact me. On the flip side is, what if I am there? What if I'm on the front line of seeing that? Is, is that curve develops and I'm able to respond or I'm able to provide a little bit of leadership or I can prompt that discussion in the right direction on a trend that is emerging? That, that I bring more value to the table. And so I'm inspired by that, but it really does kind of start like, I'm afraid to death that <laughs> right. somebody's going to miss. FOMO, there's a lot of missing people, out. <laughs> I've told you before, there's a lot of people a lot smarter than me that know what's going on. And you find through industry events, you can show up for free and learn about it. No so doubt. you might as well commit yourself <laughs> to doing that. Yeah. So we're at the, what's called RCAS, R-C-A-S. It's a retail and consumer goods analytics event here in uh, Chicago. It's one of the largest analytics events in the consumer goods industry and I think probably in retail as well. And so I would then transition into like, what do you see as some of the, the key things on the horizon and not only just for Newell, but just in the industry, things that you think you really need to focus on. And, and as a, a leader, you know, you, Maybe some items you should be thinking about taking back to your team. Yeah, the clearly a, a shift is the power of the consumer and the value that they have in the marketplace. Where in the past, uh, and of course, we got to go a little bit back now, but you know, the consumer was at the mercy of what was on sale, what sure. was in the store, yep. and the terms and conditions of that shopping environment. And today, the trade customer is empowered through multiple channels to sell their product. The consumer is in, empowered by multiple channels to buy that product, buy it in line, buy it and pick it up in the store. Price points, there's just no secrets in price points today. So that consumer is so well informed. No doubt. And as a result, good retailers, good distributors know that and they're better informed. So they can look back on a manufacturer, myself or any others. They know where the product came from. They know the manufacturing cycle. They know the sourcing cycle. They know where the product's coming from. They know all the different compliance factors. So all that takes all that goes into account into a very educated purchase decision that we didn't have, you know, maybe 10, 20 years ago. And I see that level of sophistication growing and growing. Sure. So, I mean, if you think about the consumer today, they have so many more options now to get your products, for example. Um, they don't necessarily have to go down to the, the big box store or the grocery store to get the, some of the things that, uh, that, for example, Newell provides, let alone some of our other um, 
consumer goods companies that are here with us today. And it's an interesting event because not only are the CPG manufacturers sitting there, but also some of their <laughs> top customers. So um, it's it's interesting dialogue between the two and then the challenges. And we've seen a lot of changes in retail. So how do you take ideas in your organization and, and, and push them down through the organization or encourage an environment of like continuous learning um, or activation? I showed the data. I start with the information. I go strong with presenting the facts in a very clear manner. I tried to give extra hyper care to the fit of some of the folks on my team to making sure the visualization is right. If I present some evidence, I want it to pop. I want it to be crisp. I'm a fan. We love technology, but I'm such a big fan of having a clean one pager that I could slide across the desk to my boss or to somebody where I'm trying to have some little element of persuasion that the facts are right in front of them, that it's, I won't say indisputable because I want to have a good, healthy dialogue. But if I'm trying to get my point across, I'm going to start with the data all the time. See, that's so interesting. Um, so I'm a big fan of HBDI, uh, you know, the, the profile uh, and understanding people's preferences. And and for me, I'm a high expressive person, right? You know, very high red, we'll call it. And when I was at Coca-Cola, one of the, the keys when I was in the especially retail business development role was that I couldn't just be the people person guy. I needed to also come to the table with the facts. At the end of the day, the retail sales business and consumer products is all about the data and the facts, even though you might be a great person and have a great personality. So, um, so have you found that in the industry and in your career that as you've progressed into more senior levels that Uh, Despite other things, the facts are still key to communication. They are. There's no doubt. As a matter of fact, I I would probably say when I go back in my earlier years, I won on enthusiasm. Right. It's easy to bring energy. I I, I won on being the aggressive sales guy. I, I got my point across by outworking somebody and just sticking to it. And then you find over time that, well, you know what? I might've been off track in a few places. And so today <laughs> I won't enter with that same vigor if the data doesn't tell me that. And so it's part of my <laughs> maturation, it. probably as a person and certainly as a business leader to have be in touch with that element of it. Yeah, that's something I work on, I think, every day. (laughs) (laughs) I love bringing the energy and the enthusiasm and all. And what I've really forced myself to do is exactly what you're saying, which is bring the numbers, bring the data, because otherwise all that's not... My Briggs Myers, and it it will tell me, look, I'm an introvert who pretends to be an extrovert to get through a situation. I am an introvert. This conversation here is zapping energy from me. I would never want to do that. But I enjoy it. I do enjoy it. You know, we uh, had a um, executive dinner last night, Steve, that you and I were both a part of. And it's funny, this CIO from another major CPG company at the table, when we went around and introduced ourselves, he told me that he is an extreme introvert and you'd never know it. I mean, like he, instead of coming to the dinner, would have preferred to stay at the hotel and just have a quiet night. And... You and, need to uh, introduce me to him. I yeah. think I need to hang out with <laughs> you this You actually guy. know him. I'll share with, that, with you after the podcast here. But... um. So how do you how do you walk that walk when you've got 170 plus people looking into you as the leader? I think I'll just go back to the authenticity again, and you know, it, it, personal connections and relationships. You know, it, it, one of the 
uh, books I read 25, maybe 30 years ago now, the Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yep. But ne- the principle number five, which is the one that sticks in my mind, is seek first to understand before being understood. <laughs> so, so my connection with people is like, I, I generally like, if, if I want to have and invest in a relationship, I need to understand what they're about first. So I will really kind of take the time to do that. And I'll ask a lot of questions. And, you know, sometimes if you're matched with the right people, they'll never ask one single thing about you and you're fine with it. I know, true. <laughs> or not fine. Yeah, one or the other. <laughs> That's great. Well, hey, listen, uh, thanks for taking the time with us today. So I, I got I think I've got it all summed up here. Um, kind of approach your job with some swagger and authenticity connect to the business and your team and and be first listening to understand and then be understood of course leveraging the old adage and have some fear of missing out because you just don't want to miss that opportunity to learn or to improve yourself or to find something that might be just that one extra thing to take you to the next level well said all right awesome thanks Steve. all right thanks justin For more information on today's topic or to access additional leadership content, tools, and resources, check out contenderbrands.com. Also, you can download other ContenderCast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store and Google Play Store. And remember, every winner started as a contender. Contender.